Hey everybody, this is Jason Blaine and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. So first off, Jason, welcome to Tobin Tonight. So happy to have you. Uh, I'm here in Newfoundland. I'm guessing you're in Nashville? I am. Well, nice to meet you, Tobin. So tell me, like, how are you handling it in Nashville with COVID? Because, listen, I don't have four kids. I can imagine having four kids can be a little bit hectic, especially during COVID. Uh, so yes. let's go to that first. How, how are you? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm doing great. And also, first of all, uh, I just want to say hello and shout out to everybody that might be tuning in in Newfoundland. I've been told that there are folks out there who do know my music. I, I Sadly, I've... It's the one place I, I have not made it out to, and I'm desperately wanting to come and play a show planned on it before yeah. this whole crazy shutdown thing. But uh, it's just one of the most beautiful parts of, of Canada, and I really, really hope to get out there when this all opens back up. But thank you for asking. My family and I, we're, we're doing fine. We're, we're doing fine. I, I have not had the, the COVID Rona funk my, myself. I've, I don't know how I've managed to dodge it. We've been pretty safe, but... I'd be lying if I didn't say that, you know, we still got together with some of our neighborhood friends and stuff in our in a bubble, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of them had already uh, had it, you know, where some of them were put down for about a about a week. But everybody like nobody ended up in the hospital or anything, thank God. And we've been spending a lot of time together as a family this year. The kids have been out of school on and off, you know, the whole time. They've been back pretty consistently since August. But. You know, we've just been uh, a lot of a lot of family quality time. And I guess for me, that's the silver lining in all this is that we got to spend a lot of time together. And, and I've gotten to sort of dive into some songwriting, some different stuff here in, in my studio, in my home studio. And it's been great. So, again, if you don't mind me asking, because it's four kids, like what's the age range? Is there like a big gap? Are they all pretty close together? Because I can imagine if they're, say, 10 years apart, like one could be 10, one could be... 20 sure. or not yeah like sure, sure. well no i don't yeah. i don't mind you uh, asking at all uh we do have a, an age gap of 10 years between our oldest and oh, our wow. youngest our oldest is 14 going on 15 our youngest is uh four going on uh, 15 or going on <laughs> pretty much so four going on five so there so there's there's a, a good age span there so that's my my daughter and then i've got my son who's 12 another little girl who's eight and uh our little guy who's uh four going on five how do they all kind of interact? Because I, I, I guess like if it's a normal day, normal kind of school day, it's like you come home, they all get their own rhythm. They all get their own like, okay, personal space. Let me do my thing. But like now, well, how does that all work? Sure. Well, our, our teenager, you know, as typical teenagers do, that she spends a lot of time in her room, you know, on her phone, on TikTok and stuff and, and FaceTiming with her friends and, and just hanging out and stuff. Our uh, little boy uh, who's 12 going on 13 he's a brain and so if he's not crushing his homework he's playing you know like minecraft is one of the games he likes to play and and he's got his xbox and stuff like that too and and we throw the ball around the yard play football and stuff around the yard and and then our eight-year-old she's she's our little dolly parton i actually just started giving her guitar lessons yesterday oh, nice. she i finally had one kid come to me and say i really <laughs> want to learn guitar I, i've been waiting for that so yeah. so that makes me really happy and I was teaching her Miranda Lambert's Bluebird. It's probably the easiest, one of the easiest songs you can ever learn how to play on guitar. Really just three chords to the whole song. So she learned the, her first two of three chords. That'll keep her busy for a while. 
Wait, wait until she sees all the guitars that are in the back, and then she asks, uh, "Dad, can I can I grab one of those?" And then it's the moment of like, these, yeah. "These are my these are my babies." Like I know you're well, mine, <laughs> but these are mine. So what what do we do? <laughs> For luck, she she's got. I have a little Martin guitar that I okay. bought off of a songwriter buddy of mine who was getting rid of it, and it's perfect. When he said he was, you know, he was looking to get rid of it, I scooped it up because it's a really good quality because it's a martin it's a really good quality little guitar you know yeah. for for a lot of songwriters it's a it's a perfect size travel guitar you know something you can bring onto an airplane real easy or whatever you know and a lot of guys travel down to the key west songwriters uh, retreat with those little travel guitars but it's perfect for little kids when she comes to you with certain songs is it kind of interesting to you to be like oh okay like this is the type of music that you listen to because when you said miranda lambert like imagine one day if you stumbled across like working with an act that she is listening to and you can then cal- tell her like, Hey, like I know Tebe, like I know this person. And yeah, they're, yeah. They're like, they're well, like really? Fact, you, you know girl, him? Uh, she, yeah. She took it on herself to learn. Uh, she, there was a Megan Patrick song that she loved. And, and that's, that is cool because yeah. I know Megan and we've written songs together and, and uh, been, been on, you know, award shows together and stuff. So that was really cool. Cause I was like, Hey, my daughter's learning one of your songs. <laughs> that was really cool. And, uh, and then, and then like, at one point was dressing like her and everything had the had the frilly boots and the whole thing so that was pretty cool but you know my teenager she's into more of the, the pop stuff they, they kind of like they like a bunch of different things they you know a lot of the, the girls love miranda lambert and and, and then uh, whichever you know canadian country star they female star that they meet they usually love as well so it's it's cool it's 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 early yet for for yeah. a lot of them to you know to too early to tell if they're actually going to want to pursue it as a as a career or anything like that but of course they'll have my support with whatever they want to do but i'm all about if the kids want to learn to play guitar i'm all i'm all about that because for me learning to play guitar was a ticket to travel the world i mean the ticket to travel all over canada play thousands of you know, or at least hundreds, I don't, maybe it is yeah. thousands, but hundreds of shows over the years and play certainly thousands of miles and, and meet so many great people, so, so many great friendships ultimately led to our move to, to Nashville right here. So, and, and, and some more great relationships and friendships to work in this wonderful industry. So that was my ticket to a whole future. So I'm all, I'm all about it. If, if any of them want to want to learn, I'm all about showing them. Again, when you're mentioning that they're young and she's just getting into it, she could pursue it. She might not, but it's still somewhat interesting to me because I can imagine someone that let's say has a full passion for it. And then as they get older, cause maybe right now it's not sinking in, but as they get older, like, Oh my God, I can't believe like my dad was able to even, like FaceTime this person for me and I got to ask them questions. Like, can you imagine if someone like myself did their podcasting, someone's like, Oh yeah, I can get Cohen O'Brien on the phone for you. What do you want? What did you want to know? And I'm just like, <laughs> and then like in your mind, you're just like, Oh yeah, of course my dad knows Conan. That's great. But when you think about it later, you're like, Oh my God, how lucky was I that that was able to be set up for me kind of thing. Cause you do see some second generational acts yeah. from along like, I look at for the example, and sometimes it's nice that you don't know their parents until someone tells you, like Ellie King. I was very surprised to find out who her father was and not even in the same career, but I'm like, good for you. You're creating your own path. Yeah, I mean, it, it is it is pretty cool. Um, right now, they're just, uh, what's really cool for me is just to watch them sort of discover themselves, finding their own way, develop, their personalities are developing, to watch them find their own path. And if any one of them wants to pursue music, uh, I mean, for sure, they're, they're right here in the right place to, to do it in Nashville. And they sure don't have to do a you know move like I did from yeah. small town Pembroke, Ontario, and move a thousand miles to a new country. They'll already be starting to head on, on that front. 
But what's crazy to me is like Nashville was this mystical, magical, legendary place. Nashville, yeah. you know, to them, it's just home. It's not, it doesn't have the same shine. Like for me, coming from small town Ontario, it was just like Nashville. I grew up watching, you know, the Grand Old Opry, all this stuff, and never even been here. But they've been, you know, they've been into town. We've we've been to multiple events over the years in town, and you know, they know it as the the city with the Batman building. I think it's the AT and T building right now, but everybody in town, the locals call it the Batman building because it yeah. sort of looks like this. I guess the the Canadian example would be like if you grew up, just say in Toronto. Uh, well, from in the Newfoundland perspective, anyway, like if you grew up in Toronto, it's like the mecca of sports, the mecca of everything. Yeah. Like you're just like, yeah, I can go to TSN, I can go down the street and and talk to James Duffy anytime I want. And you're like, yeah, yeah, I don't get to do that. Like so, I I grew up watching the tourism commercials in Ontario and thinking when I was smaller, all this was in one place, like the Parliament Building, right. and and when I got older, I was like, you lied to me. Like this is <laughs> other places. We're in Newfoundland and like even the ending of it, it's like ontariotourism.ca. I'm like, okay, you're in my mind as you get older, like the psychology is like, it's a really big place. You're not going to contact one person. Newfoundland's like, do you want to see five people in like Lansa Meadow? Call Samantha. And it's like, oh, come on. Can we, can we do a little bit better? Can we, can we at least advertise it? And it's like, we're the farthest place from Disneyland. Like, okay, who is this geared towards? Kids (laughs) don't want to hear that, but yeah. To each their own. But I love that your reference there, because, yeah, when they're growing up, they just see it as Nashville. But as they get older, maybe they learn to maybe appreciate it a bit more. Not that not that saying they don't, but it's like anything. Like, I moved away from Newfoundland to go to school, and yeah. I always took for granted the whole fiddle music, Celtic music, going like house parties, sure. going like, that happens everywhere. And then when you get to Ontario, yeah. you walk into someone's house, they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, Oh right, I'm not in Newfoundland. This is not normal. Sorry. In Newfoundland, is that really a thing in Newfoundland, people just yeah. like kind of walk into yeah. houses. Yeah, like we have a neighbor that. So it's um, my dad knows him, but we live next to her, yeah. his daughter, and he knows my dad very well. And he will just like he'll maybe make a knock, just let you know, like I'm coming, and then he just yeah. walks in. Hey, how's it going? But no one bats an eye. No one's like, oh, <laughs> like how dare you just walk in? It could be like someone you've never seen in like three weeks, and they're just like, awesome. hey, everybody, what are you doing? They're like. Oh hey John, hey Jack, like, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I've always heard that about about Newfoundland, and, and I definitely love it's so steeped in Celtic culture, really, right? Yeah. Like that, whether it's I- Irish or Scottish, it's so authentic. All of that that music is just amazing, and I think it's safe to say Alan Doyle sort of really popularized it, you know, yeah. across, across Canada and wears it proudly and and represents really really well, I, I imagine, but. He's always talking about the good old kitchen parody. <laughs> well, I mean, the perfect example that I give you with that, because Alan Doyle is a good example. It's just like, we love Alan Doyle here in the East Coast, but like he's teamed up with Dean Brody on a few occasions for yeah. song. And like yeah. Dean Brody has been a, happy to come on the podcast as well. And he's just over the moon of like, yeah, like I think I'm one of the, the songs that's like, it's Friday or Friday, right. like he was like, yeah, Alan Doyle just seen a wedding happen and was like, yeah, we're going to go over and crash that wedding. He's like, you can't do that. It's like, they invited us over. They know who we are. It's not like it's like top celebrity. It's just like, yeah. hey, Newfoundland, you, you're you here and we're having a wedding? Yeah, we've got room. Like, come over and party. I love and that. Dean love was that. like, you can't I, do I, that. Uh, like I said, I, I would really, really love to, to get out there. You know, usually uh, a logistical challenge. It's usually... Yeah. Uh, you know, especially in the early days of my career, it was like that 
the the definite money losing show yeah. <laughs> to fly a whole band out there and everything. But uh, I, I would gladly now nowadays I'm a little further along. I I gladly lose a little bit of money to come out. Yeah, there. I kind of think I got interested in your music when I was a little bit younger. And again, like you said, the Newfoundland stations were playing it all the time to the point where and now that I have you, I've always said to people, if I ever have acts on and I'm telling them about their music, it was like overplayed. <laughs> it was really, really, really it was so, really, and, and where was that? Like what part of Newfoundland? Because I want to know where yeah. I should come. Yeah. There's a place I should come and do a show. Where would that be in Newfoundland? You, you'd have to go dead center, St. John's. You'd have to go to the Malwin Center. You know, people would come from, say, Gander, like Whitless Bay, Goulds, they, like because it's, it's the Mecca pretty much in here where everyone comes to perform. But okay. I like how on the radio, the first few times you're up at your cabin or your cottage and you're, you're having a relaxing day. And then you hear like, so I've got it written down cause I knew I was going to forget it, but like on a night like this feels yeah. like that. And I still listen to them to this day because they're kind of timeless. But sometimes I look back and be like, Holy, like that was released a while ago. But yeah. At, yeah. Like at the time I was like, Oh, this is great music. This is good. This is what I want to listen to. It's like Sunday memories for me kind of thing. But wow. at the same time, I like listening to it on my own time. Then the radio would be like, here's another Jason Blaine song. I'm like, no, stop. We- that's, that's incredible. That's, that's really, that's really, uh, that makes me really happy to hear that. Um, even if they wore it out a little bit, because it's happy to be played anywhere. But um, yeah. the, the, the folks get to know you from, that's how they get to know you is, th- is through your music. And, and you really do have to have to be played a lot for, for anything to really resonate, you know, with, with people um just a couple spins here and there won't cut it but the fact that that you can put me together with that song that you like or whatever that gives me hope that we can come there and do a show and people might show up i like how when you're mentioning of course your journey like i'm I'm assuring that in your own hometown that you know they play that music constantly so it's easy to kind of get established in your hometown but then when you go here to toronto here in ottawa yeah. Hear it in the states, like then you're like, okay, I'm starting to gain traction. It's like a podcast. You you want yeah. to be big in your own town, but when I go to my metrics, it's like, hey, did you know that you're big in India? I'm like, oh, great. Like I didn't know I was big in India. It's like that's yeah. cool. Well, but- it's very cool to, to see that. I love that. I love seeing the analytics on on the streaming platforms on Apple or Spotify or or, or whatever. Especially one of my sort of recent viral hits i guess this song wasn't a big radio hit it was a disappointment for me at, at radio it, it didn't oh, wow. didn't chart nearly as high as, as i had hoped it would unless the song dance with my daughter but fans don't really know that because it has the most views out of all my videos on YouTube. over three i think three and a half million views or something like that it's up to which is a a, a really a lot for you know uh, for a canadian domestic artist but just millions of streams and it's still my most Shazam song, but what's really cool is to see week after week, it's still my most streamed song. And yeah. Then you go and you see like where it's streamed. It's just like Dallas, Texas or uh, Santa Monica, California and, and all these like random places, uh, like a lot, especially in Dallas. It, it, it streamed a lot. And, and then I would have people sending me video clips from a wedding and they yeah. use my song to dance to, with their father at their at their wedding and, and then send me a little clip from one from Vegas, one from Dallas, another one from somewhere else in California. That's really cool to me. It's really cool to have those and, and to go, well, maybe, you know, maybe we need to go see those folks sometime. Yeah, look, it's it's interesting because sometimes when you grow up, you're listening to certain songs. Like I know TikTok as much as I 
don't like it. There are things that you're happy when it's trending. Like I know I grew up listening to Simple Plan. Like I was one of those kids that loved kind of punk rock, but like to see the song of I'm just a kid and that's trending on TikTok when they do like, you know, you and your brother, you and your sister, you and your dad, whatever as a kid and then do the same stance when you get older. I'm like, okay, so now if you've never heard a Simple Plan, which I don't know where you've been, but just say you haven't. Yeah. You're starting to be like, oh my God, this song is trending on TikTok. Like how old is this? Oh, then to them, it's not even like how old it is. It's just like, I like it. There are songs that I'll go back on iTunes, download it, and then not realize that it's from 2018. Oh, and yeah. you're just like, I don't care. Like I found it now. So here you go. Yeah. Here's the dollar twenty nine that you want here for, for the song. But yeah, it's it's so cool to me because like you were saying, finding out where it peaks, where people listen to it. Like mm-hmm. I think today a lot of artists – find their platform that way now it's good and bad because you had vine before there was tiktok where you get where you get sean mendez right now if we're talking kind of country and a rising star uh robin adelini with f-150 we get that's radio plays but tiktok made that kind of big when people were like yeah you know absolutely and i i'm you know i was slow to the instagram party i mean i was slow to all the parties honestly but i uh and i'm slow to tiktok but i just joined a couple weeks ago after at least a year of you know friends of mine especially the girls you know uh just going like hey you need to get on tiktok people are you know but but i always really thought about it like goofy dances and stuff you know yeah and i was i was like man i don't want to i don't think my music really lends itself to that and i sure don't want to get on tiktok and just you know twerk or something yeah yeah (laughs) nobody wants to see that (laughs) so uh so i I honestly i'm still i'm still navigating it you know uh jump into you know change your clothes or something something goofy i'm still trying to find ways that it you know to make it to do things that uh that i want to do like gear towards your audience per se yeah yeah exactly and and not just the you know, just like the, the goofy stuff, you know, which is, which is fun, but you know, you know it, it just, you know, I, I turned 40 this year. So it just makes me feel pr- pretty silly to, you know, get on there and just start doing senseless stuff. But if there's a way that I can get on there and really, you know, reach, reach new fans, play, you know, showcase the music, shine a spotlight on the songs and, and even the, the past songs I've done, then I'm, then, you know, I'm all about it, man. I'm all about reaching fans and staying connected the one, with the ones that I have, especially this year. However, I can, you know, reach the people, um, you know, I'm all about it. Of course, with these platforms, you get a chance to ask people uh, questions that maybe people don't know about you. You just mentioned about turning 40. How, how is that hitting you? Are you like happy to turn 40? Are you excited? <laughs> Are you nervous? <laughs> Well, I didn't think it would come around so fast. I still feel 25. I feel like a George Strait lick. I still feel 25 most of the time, you know, from Troubadour. That's the way I feel. And, um, you know, I still go like, wow, I have I have four kids. I'm 40. Like, when did this happen? I honestly feel like, like I'm probably at the best place in terms of ability, in terms of being able to express what I want to express on guitar and and I feel like I know my voice better than I ever have in my career where I can get on a microphone and and sing and sound like me and and uh, not try too hard to have to do that and 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 you know deliver what I'm what I'm hearing in my mind bridging that gap between what you want to do and what you can physically do of course you know I'm no Celine Dion an insanely yeah. gifted vocal acrobatist you know like but but in terms of 
uh, being my authentic character and, and, and singing on, and bringing one of my songs to life in the studio, I'm probably better now at 40 than I was when I was 25, you know, no doubt about it. But now it's like, you know, I heard one of my other heroes, uh, even though we're kind of close to the same age, but I, but I got into John Mayer music in the past 10 years and I heard him say, people don't really dream past their, their third record. Oh, really? That's and I thought, I thought that's a really interesting statement. I thought that's really true because when you're dreaming about making your first record, you're like, well, I'm going to do this kind of song and this kind yeah. of song. And, and then you, and then you're already, you're hyped up to do your second record or your third. And you're like, I want to do this. And I haven't covered this, but after you've done, you know, I'm on the record number seven. And after you've done that, you've, you've kind of run the gamut in terms of <laughs> themes, at least maybe even a couple of times in, in country yeah. music. And so, and you don't want to, you know, and I, I've already sung songs about, you know, my, my kids and my family and things like that. And I, I just don't think that people want to hear that all the time. You know, I was like, I've got to dance with my daughter song. I don't need yeah. five of those. <laughs> dance with my daughter, part two, part four, part yeah, five. Like, I'm sick and tired of dancing with you. Can we move yeah. on? <laughs> yeah. So, you, so, then you, so, you know, you're, you're uh, and then you want to explore some like more mature themes and stuff and, and sing sort of not age appropriate songs, but just when there's just a maturity yeah. know, to, the, to the content. I, I'm also not a 20 year old frat boy and I don't want to sing that kind of stuff anyway. So I'm cool with it. it you know, thirties were awesome. Thirties were better yeah. than my twenties. I had a blast through, you know, my thirties was like, you know, things were really, really working and a great place career wise and family and, and, and marriage and life and everything. But, uh, to the point of not dreaming past your your you know third record, it's like okay, but now I'm 40. I'm going like okay, what are the next? How do I how do I survive? How do I even be relevant or stay or do music for the next 20 years? Yeah, because I really don't have a plan. I never really planned past yeah. 40. When you mentioned John Mayer, like a lot of younger acts that we've had on in the pop kind of scene have mentioned John Mayer as an act they grew up listening to, and it just I don't yeah. know why it surprises me, but there was a time like. Your body is a wonderland. And I don't know how he feels about that. Like to me, he shouldn't be ashamed of it. I know he's a little bit more like that was a pop song. I'm not really into it, but I'm like, I'm okay with it. Like I like all your new songs as well. Yeah. But he's one of those acts that I feel like at a time people were like, Oh, he's so dull, he's so boring. But then when you get older, you're kind of like you go back and listen to it, and you're like, Maybe I just wasn't really appreciating the song. Like, you know, like slow this train down or stop this train. Stop, stop this train yeah. Yeah. And I when I was younger, I had a friend in Car or, or Carlton that loved John Mayer, loved all this stuff. And I was like, it's not your body is a wonderland. I don't care. But then as I got older, I was like, man, he sh I should phone that guy up, get him to slap me in the face because I like these songs now. They're, yeah. it, it, it takes its time on you sometimes to like grow to like them. Like, well, he's, he's, done it, he's done it brilliantly and, and really on his own terms. It's, it's really, yeah. Uh, I get mad, mad respect for the way that he approached his career. He's never, like he started, like he's the, I'm the body is a wonderland guy. And that now there's an expectation yeah. of me to remain that guy for the fan base that I've, that I've amassed here with one song or something like that, or, 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 or daughters in those early days or, or even neon the whole first record or, yeah. you know, so, so he's always just been like, well, I'm going to just do the kind of record I feel like this year, which is amazing because I was not into that stuff back back then. I wasn't, you know, a screaming seventeen-year-old girl or something like that. I was. I, not, I, <laughs> I, I fangirl him now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I was not into that stuff. It wasn't until like Continuum where I'm like, oh, this guy plays mad guitar, yeah. like mad, mad blues guitar, like as good or better than any or most. So 
I was into that. And then when he went a little more country, well, I was all about it with the Born and Raised in Paradise Valley records that sounded in a lot of ways more country than a lot of things that were on country radio yeah. at the time. So I was really I was really into that stuff because it really brought a lot of those melodies together with great bluesy playing and stuff. And I've actually been working on a, on a side project here for my own amusement during this whole COVID. I've been writing and I just came from the studio today uh, finishing mixes up on the first of first things that I've cut that are that are along those lines that are kind of their uh, Americana rootsy bluesy country something like that because I just that's the kind I love that I love the doing the mainstream thing and I've been very lucky to do that for a long time and and will continue to do that but I know that the kind of that this thing that I that I, did, I don't expect mainstream country radio to play it but I really wanted to record some of this stuff because I love writing this kind of stuff i love playing guitar over it so and because that's who i that's who i feel like i am now at, at, at the age that i am now i'm not the same as person i was when i was 25 and so taking sort of a cue from you know guys like john mayer who go like well you don't have to feel like you need to make the music yeah. that you made when you know when you were the person that you were back then you can yeah. go ahead and give yourself permission to make something that reflects who you think you are right now I look at it in this terms of John Mayer to us might be an Ed Sheeran to someone because Ed Sheeran kind of was like the same aspect where it's like, I'm going to write this song. If you like it, great. If you don't, it's not going to stop me from writing it. I'm going to just continue on. And their stories are pretty similar because I remember Ed Sheeran's was saying that he was singing in the UK just outside of stores. I mean, he, I feel like he really uh, pioneered the whole looper, like the looper yeah. artist, you know, and and I see it all the time around Nashville, like a solo act and they're doing the Ed Sheeran thing. They're, they're sort of beatboxing into the microphone, scratching a, a loop with their strings and, and a beat on their guitar, and then singing harmonies and stacking it and stacking it. Yeah. And halfway through the song, I mean, you, you sound like a dang band, and it's <laughs> awesome. And even like today, like it's really cool for me to see guys like Chris Stapleton really blow up doing a more old school throwback thing, and a, and a whole generation of young people go like, "Oh, I love this. This is amazing, yeah. and this is the coolest thing ever." And really, it's like a it's it's very old stuff done very authentically super, super well because, you know, Chris grew up with all that stuff and he comes by all of it, honestly. And, and then it's, it's sort of forced radio to, to embrace it again, too, where a lot yeah. of people would not have got away with, with the sonic picture of like what he was doing. And maybe they wouldn't even do it if, it if it was anybody but Chris, perhaps. But it's sort of, it's cool for me, all that to say, it's, it's really cool because it's going to, it's going to birth another generation of people carrying on those things that are rooted in tradition, whether it's blues or traditional country and stuff. And I think that that's, I think that's really important because I, I love those traditional elements. I think that that's what makes all the new stuff sound great. But, you know, and like, like I was talking about with this uh, little side project of, I don't know what you would call it, Americana or Roots music that I'm, that I'm working on, I'm not putting any label on it. I, yeah. I don't know if people can say what they think it is you know when they when they hear it is it country does it have some blues elements to it uh what what is it i don't know i'm just really letting it go because i think that the uh that's been the cool thing about streaming and 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 i think that the streaming thing has really brought the borders down you yeah know? it used to be like you know if you weren't on american radio then americans didn't hear you yeah you know 
and, uh, and you have to be on current American radio. And that's not the case anymore. It's just like anybody, I get messages from all over. Hey, I really like your music. And it's from Alabama or something. Yeah. Like, how did you hear it? Spotify or Apple or satellite. And that's so great, you know, and, and, and or like you said, you know, maybe somebody in New Zealand. I like how when you were mentioning about projects that you do, like, I guess it's a little bit more common now than it used to be, but like being a singer and a songwriter, because the one that I really looked up to, and maybe you know him, maybe you don't, but I loved Wave when I was younger, like the song California yeah. by Wave. And I reached out to the guy and I was like, do you want to come on? But they're really, some of them are really good at making sure that they stay in a lane or they don't want to be like, go all the way back. Cause he was like, actually what I do now is he's like, I'm, I'm a songwriter. And I looked at people that he wrote for it. I'm like, that's great. But I felt like I understood where he was coming from by coming on my podcast to talk wave. It's almost like I'm going back and I don't want to go back. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. But just letting you know, I love Jin wave and I love that song. Well, I'll I'm give him, I'll give him a kick in the ass for you yeah. and send him, send him your way. <laughs> I know, I know, uh, Dave really well. Yeah. His nickname is Dwave. And, uh, and we worked together. I did a whole, I did a record with him with uh, my single born to love and boy with the guitar that, that was the name of the EP. And we did a record together and had a great time and, and have since written a bunch of songs together. We had a single that we wrote together on uh, on, on a, a duo and who's now a, a trio uh, called Petrick. And they had a hit last year across Canada with it. Dave, uh, or AKA Dwave, yeah. um, is, a, is a great talent, a great vocalist, great producer. And that song actually just went gold again. I don't know if you know that, but Eric no. Etheridge Country artist Eric Etheridge is also a pal of mine. Yeah, and, we've had and, him on. Yeah, did yeah. you have him on? Yeah, him and Kelsey. <laughs> Great, lovely people. I, yeah. I, I love both of them. Well, he, his he did a version of "Going to California" and and it just went gold. So yeah. uh, for the second time in twenty years, which is I, really cool. So I mean, Dave should come on to your your show yeah. and, and talk. No, about no, I, I, I don't want like I don't want to shit or anything with him, but it's just it's funny because like when we reached out, I was like, I'm yeah. sure he'd be like super thrilled to come on and be like surprised that it's still people yeah. listen to it. But I understood where he was coming from, but. A big reason that it kind of now it's one of, it's I think it's like one of my ringtones. I just love it. But it's yeah. it told him that he'd be like, Oh, come on, grow up, like stop it. But <laughs> when when Eric played it, I said to Eric, I'm like, I like your version, but no offense. I always like the originals. Like it's well, like the sure. song now. The original is always, uh, always the one that, you, you know, there's a nostalgia. Yeah. Well, it's like the one that they have out now. Like, I, I believe I'm a big fan of Matchbox 20, but I love the song on Well. Now, Steve mm -hmm. Aoki and like Wiz Khalifa, and I think it's Kara, did a, a remix of it. And I like that too, but it's always a little bit, to, to my defense, it's almost yeah. like younger generation came up and like, love this song. I'm like, but you know where they're sampling it from. They're like, uh, no, this is the original. I'm like, no, 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 like, no, no. And if they don't like yeah. the original, I'm like, that's fine, but don't don't get in my face about the original because... Well, a lot yeah. of the times, even subconsciously, those originals are tied to memories too. That yeah. You know, even if we don't even recognize it, we know you just you just feel it. You know where you were when that song was out in the year that yeah. it was out. You were you were at a party somewhere. You were making out with some girl somewhere, and that song was playing in the background. And I was probably ten, and I just liked the song. And then when I got older, <laughs> yeah, well, I got older, and it was depression that used to come to you. I'm like, oh, okay, I get where he's coming from. But like, to me, I love. I just like a lot of stuff that they do. But like, 3 a.m. to me was just a song about 3 a.m. Until I watched a recent performance, and he talks about how. I think it was like his mother was going through cancer. I'm like, wouldn't pick it up in the song, but now it has a deeper meaning. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. Now I like it a bit more. 
but yeah, it's interesting to me with certain songs. Like I know when I listen to yours, like everyone takes a different meaning away from a song. Like feels like this instantly. I go back to being like maybe 20, hang out with new friends at a cottage and I'm not a big drinker. I don't drink, but them having a few beers and and then like just going down memory lane. I'm like, that's good enough for me. But I feel like when I listen to it now and you're not really close with those people, I'm like, damn it, Jason Blaine. (laughs) Like, (laughs) why did you have to come on at this point? Like, like, Give me like two or three minutes so I can digest this. Then come on. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, it's um, it, it's the thing, man. Your songs take us to a time and place, and and um, they're usually tied to those to those memories, and hopefully, hopefully, good ones. But sometimes they help us, you know, remember, help us heal, help us forget. The other funny thing I want to mention. Hopefully, you don't take this the wrong way, but I, I do think it's kind of interesting because someone when I mentioned to a few people that I was going to have you on the podcast, now of course. Some of them are like, who's Jason Blaine? Some of them are like, oh, I love this song. I'm like, okay, each their own, whatever. But two of them, which I thought was hilarious, and they're my age, so I kind of gave them shit afterwards, was like, that guy kind of looked like Phil Kessel and Luke Bryan combined. I'm like, I'm so glad that like Phil Kessel does not play for Nashville, because I'm sure a lot of people are like, Phil! So I love you! And you'd be like, I'm not Phil! Or like, you ever get that? Did people ever come up to you and tell you like you look like this guy or Luke Bryan, like Phil or Luke? Well, you know, it's it's funny, but my I have my younger brother bears a lot of resemblance to Luke Bryan. He's got bigger teeth than me, so he's, and he's always smiling. He's a happy guy, so so and, and we look a little bit alike. But I always I always think that my younger brother looks just like Luke Bryan when you put him in, in yeah. some uh, you know glasses and a Bass Pro cap or something like that. It's like gosh, but no, I mean uh, the Phil Kessel thing. I, I, I've never got that, but I guess it depends on the length of my hair or something too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's what it is. It's cause it has the curl in the back and you have the yeah. beard going. So it's like, it looks yeah. like Pete Phil, but I'm sure like, I don't know if Phil, cause they're always wearing hockey gear, but I don't know if Kessel has tattoos, but I'm sure someone would still, because it's Nashville and I'm not, I'm not budding Nashville, but it's not Canada. Canada market knows their hockey where someone's oh, like, yeah. that guy, that guy's Phil Kessel. And I feel like you should go along with it and be like to Dave, Phil. <laughs> and then someone's like, that's not Phil Kessel. And then they're like, you mother. And you're like, Hey man, I'm Jason Blaine though. I, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. still somewhat famous here. <laughs> that's funny, man. To get into a little bit about your music side, cause I know we're going all over the map, which I like in interviews. Tell me kind of how you come from the place of Pembroke to getting to Nashville because it still does take time. So take me through that process. Oh gosh. I mean, how long is your podcast? You know, <laughs> it's like, you, you will you you can conti- you continue to talk. I'll get a pillow, and then like you yeah. come back and be like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> "No, go for it." Well, I mean, the, the short story is that you know all the records that that I listened to growing up, whether it was Garth or Vince or Alan Jackson or Travis Tritt or Brooks and Dunn, a lot of those a lot of those '90s guys. I mean, often I would see like recorded at Soundstage Studios, Nashville, or. Or Ocean Way Studios, Nashville, Tennessee, and all the the credits and stuff, and it was just always, you know. And I and I, I grew up, you know, watching. I, I, in those days, it was called TNN, the, the National yeah. Network, and had carried the Grand Old Opry and uh, Primetime Country with uh, either Gary Chapman or there was the Kirk and Chase Show. And my my mom loved loved country music, still does. And so, anytime all that stuff was on, she was watching it, and I was watching it with her. And my dad played in a band, so. I love the music and I knew that that's where it came from. It came from the South, you know, it came from yeah. the hills of Tennessee and down here somewhere in the South. So I, I lived for five years after I moved away from Pembroke, I lived for five years in, in Ontario and Kitchener, Waterloo. 
Okay. And so I made some of my lifelong friendships there with Jason Barry, who, who produced uh, my first record and uh, did a great job. And then we became lifelong friends, played in my band for years, now plays with Dean Brody. He's been with Dean for, I guess, probably 10 years. Yeah. And uh, Shane Gousey and I became, you know, really great friends. And he play, played my band, uh, you know, the almost the, the whole time that when he could. And, and the, both those guys have, have been on hit songs of mine. Uh, including the CCMA song of the year in 2012. They don't make them like that anymore. It was a really big win because they all played on it. You know, we yeah. sort of all did that together. So that was a big win for all of us that we could celebrate. And then guys like Jamie Warren and, and, and Rick Hutt over at Cedar Tree Studios. There was a whole community there in, in Kitchener, Waterloo. And I sort of ran the roads around there playing bars and clubs for five years and finally uh, got the you know, work up the courage to, to make that move to Nashville. And the nudge that I needed was when our, our, our baby girl was born in 2006. Uh, she was just she was only two months old. And I knew that I was spin literally spinning my wheels in Southern Ontario, making no money, just broke, broke, yeah. broke. And so we took maybe, I don't know what we had, maybe 2,500 bucks or something like that, put everything into storage and just went for it, just moved here to Tennessee. And it wasn't, but a few months later, I got my first publishing deal. I mean, I guess we both got a good deal. I don't know. I was pretty green, but it was a very humble, very humble publishing yeah. deal. But it was just enough for us to get a little rent, a little upstairs apartment from the sweet lady, Miss Tammy Brown. And uh, she helped us, uh, you know, get situated and felt like a little family for about a year living, living here and got plugged into the community and wrote with a lot of great people. And here I am now. We're 15 years later this this fall, and uh, oh, wow. and it's been quite the quite the journey. And really, snap of a finger, blink of an eye, like it it just doesn't seem like that much time has gone by from then to now. I know it has, yeah. But it's like when you're so busy and, and things are things are like you work in album cycles and you work around like tour, like you know you got a tour next year to look forward to, or or you know that you're going to be working on an album this year, and then. By the time you, you record the album, then you go out there and you tour it and play summer festival dates. And then all of, all of a sudden it's time to do the next record. And, and it's just like these the years sort of go by in twos and threes, it seems. You know, it, it's one of those places that when we've had acts on, like say Sons of Daughters at Crystal Lee, Eric has mentioned it, Kelsey as well. Now I know, I think they moved since then. I, I don't keep up with them. I, I'm, I'm glad, like not, not in a, an offensive way, but I'm glad I'm like, oh, I see that you just landed in Edmonton. They're like, oh, easy. Like we just got here. Um, but yeah. like they did mention, of course, like if you are big in country music or you want to make it in country, they always talk about like you have to go in the place where you can make connections. Like Crystal of Sons of Daughters said she was, I believe, in BC at the time. I believe that's where like when we were doing the interview, but she's like, I can't wait to go back down Nashville. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, she was talking about her roommate and she's going to be on a, an upcoming episode as well. But at the time, I didn't know who she was, but you start to develop these relationships with these acts and then you start to kind of expand from that as well. So yeah. it's all about connections and it's hard to make connections if you're not in the same place per se. Like if it's almost like the, the equivalent because we're Canadians and it's hockey, but it's like, if you want to make the Toronto Maple Leaf for Montreal Canadians as, as shitty as it's going to sound, we're not coming to Newfoundland. If you, you might be like, well, I want to play for my hometown team. Great. But if you want to make Montreal or Toronto, they're not coming down to see you where if you said, okay, I want to make Montreal. I have to go play in Laval so they can at least come and see me. I want to play in Toronto. I got to go to at least maybe a Kingston or a Belleville or even the right. Toronto market so that they can actually come and look at me play. Yeah. So 
that's kind of what I, I took out of your answer. And I hope that's not like me going like on off of the loop, but that's kind of what it is. Like you have to go to these places, get entrenched into the market. And another big thing, of course, of being in Nashville as well is like when acts come to town, like bigger acts, you can almost like go see their shows. Maybe, you know, someone that oh, knows yeah. them and that can kind of form a relationship. Like I know the way that country music is today. It's like kind of like country pop. Like you have your Thomas Rhett's, your Florida Georgia lines, but I still think in my own personal mind, and I, I hope a lot of generations kind of appreciate this, but like Rascal Flats to me is timeless. I, I think yeah. like I can go way back and like, I'm like, that is kind of, it, it's newish country. Like there are people that would listen to Garth Brooks and be like, no, Rascal Flats is rock and roll compared to that. Like that's not, but then you listen sure. to some of the, the newer stuff that they have out yeah. too. And it's like, if, it's yours if you want it. I think that was for, I think it had the Chris Barley's brother in it and the music video. And I loved it, but anything they put out, I'm instantly like, I will give them the chance to, to listen to it. If I don't listen, if I don't like it, fine, but they're always one of these bands that I'll come back to and be like, Oh yeah. Well, I, one, of I, my, one of my yeah. real good friends has been uh, their drummer and, and, and band leader for 20 years. Uh, oh really? Jim, Jim Riley plays uh, drums and uh, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, he's been with those guys literally from the beginning from, from playing for tips on, on lower Broadway and the fiddle and steel and stuff. So He's he's done the whole ran the whole gamut with those guys, and now you know when you hear Dan and Shay, see that's how we're talking. Yeah, about how generations you know influence other generations, right? Like yeah. people say, you know, like oh, I bet you there's a young kid out there go like, oh, that band Rascal Flatts really sounds like Dan and Shay, where they oh, have it completely yes. backwards, right? <laughs> it's like they they paved the way for that. Yeah you know, that kind of sonic landscape of, of, of what they do, you know, and, and um, combined the best of some of those, you know, pop and, and classic rock and, and, and then big band sound like a slick sound like Chicago and stuff, you know, power ballad in, into country in a way that nobody had before. And with Gary Lavoque's amazing pop vocal, really pop country vocal. It's like, he's like, he's like hillbilly Stevie Wonder or something. Yeah. You know? It's like, uh, Stevie Wonder on Cornbread or something. He's like, uh, he can, re he really sings like better than everybody else in terms of vocal chops. It just blows my mind every time I see those guys live. So all part of my musical heroes. I mean, those guys have been around. I was still playing, you know, in a, in my hometown band with my dad and my brother when when their first single "Praying for Daylight" was out. Oh, really? So I hadn't even begun anything by the time those guys blew up to become superstars. You know, to say that uh, that they influenced me would be an under an understatement. Same thing with Keith Urban and and Brad yeah. and, and those guys. Like I say, you know, I mentioned Vince Gill and all this stuff, but but when I was playing in the bars in the early in in the early two thousands, like yeah, yeah, that's the that was the heyday of you know that was Rascal Flatts, that was Keith Urban, that was Brad Paisley, and all of that stuff. So and, now, all, and now when you look back, it's like those are younger people now are saying like my generation that is saying like, yeah, we had our Garth Brooks, but this is the people that we can kind of look and say like from, from start to finish, we seen them kind of, oh, yeah. Up, yeah. Right. So it's, it's interesting. Cause when you're mentioning these acts, I think when you're saying like, Oh, they, they sound like, it's like, they sound like Rascal Flatts or like, Oh, don't, don't the Rascal Flatts yeah. sound like Dan and Shay. It's almost like what's ever relevant now you compare to like, I, I find myself in that trap where it's like, MJ sounds like the weekend. I'm like, you mean the weekend sounds like MJ, but they're yeah, going exactly. like, oh, exactly. like Billy Eilish sounds like Avril Lavigne. It's like, I love Billy Eilish. I love her thing. And then it's like, yeah, but Avril Lavigne had skater boy before Billy Eilish. And then they're just looking at you like, 
I didn't mean to like, okay, I pissed off grandpa. It's like, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just saying it's the other way. Yeah. You know, like people yeah. will say Taylor Swift and Shania Twain. It's like some people get mad where it's like Taylor Swift should have stayed in country. And then she went to pop. I'm like, okay, but in fairness, we had Shania Twain and what it's like Taylor is Shania in a way, but it, everyone has their own opinion on that. But I, I do yeah. think it's interesting because I find myself in that trap all the time where it's like, you go back to a, a band and you'd be like, Oh, they sound like this person. It's like, you mean that way around. I'm like, yeah, yeah you're right. I love, I, man, you mentioned Taylor Swift. I love that girl. I love Taylor yeah. Swift. I, I got mad respect for her. I just think she's just so great. But I think that what sustained her, like you can imagine the pop world, you know, how many people would love to knock her off the, the top spot. Right. Yeah. You know, it's such a competitive. And I bet you behind the scenes that it's, I bet you it's like shrewd and probably nasty as, yeah. as all get out. Right. Because, you know, they, they want their, you know, some other record label or manager or somebody else wants their person on the top spot. Exactly. And they, and they would if they could, <laughs> but they, but they can't, they cannot knock her back because ultimately they don't know how to make the gold man. And, and that, yeah. that, young lady does i mean she and i think it's because she started with the song i mean she started with her acoustic guitar and yeah. and the craft of writing a great song that she still you know can do and deliver and if you can you know whenever you've got that and also when she just has her pulse on like the the consciousness and and the and the heartbeat of of the pop culture and and people that are her age she's growing with her yeah. audience and her audience is growing with her. So she doesn't, again, like what we were talking about with Mayer before, you know, she's not, she doesn't have to feel like she's making, you know, which is, it makes perfect sense that she evolved, you know, away from country music because she just, she was making the music that she felt like she was connected to and the person that she was. Why limit herself when she's already speaking to this audience of people that are buying pop records? She, you yeah. know, she, to continue to speak to them and you know it's, and like she said herself it's not to say she might not make another just total straight up country record one day and yeah. and and you know you just do what you know when you're in a position like that where you're really driving the, the bus i mean uh, she's driving the bus in her career the record label they just want to sit the, the best thing they could do is just sit back and and, and let yeah. them roll in when somebody like like taylor does her art and just yeah. is left alone to do it, you know, because nobody can tell can tell an artist like that what's best. They just have I, to do it. Sam Hunt, for example, gives a perfect example to me of like talking in a song. And I know Taylor does it as well, but it's like almost like there's, yeah. a, there's a bunch of people that are like, why couldn't you just write a lyric for that to rhyme that? It's like, or he's just trying something different and he didn't find a yeah, lyric. Really so cool. he's more like saying, I'm just going to say it the way I would say it. Yeah, mad, mad respect for him, too. I, I think he's great. Seriously, great, and I believe every word of, of what he's what he's singing. Yeah. he's awesome. So you know, and this one of those guys that came along and again, you know, changed the game and made things more acceptable to to do. And and uh, you know, that was done years ago. Like when the thing that he was doing, they they used yeah. to, you know, it was called recitation. And George Strait did it. I think the last time, other than Sam Hunt, George Strait did it in a song called "Give It Away." Yeah. You know, she came fumbling through the house and blah, 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 blah. And then he just sort of starts talking in the middle of the song, you know. And it, it just comes back to like, like I said earlier, like who's relevant at the time. And then you yep. forget about it. Like, because I'm sure I think it's like in the Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. It's like, I, I think there's parts of that where it's not really so much singing as it is just 
talking and strumming the guitar. Like, I know it still yeah. sounds like singing, but like some people would argue like, dude, like he's just kind of going like 3.30 yeah. in the morning. It's like, how is that singing? It's like, well, kind of, but yeah, he's kind of yeah. telling you the story. Garth is the exception to the rule on, on, on a lot of his songs too. Like he, he, he makes me eat my words because yeah. he, he got away with a lot more poetry than I think yeah. some people will get away with today. I really don't think that the, that the audience today necessarily has, or this, this generation has a, has an ear for the poetry. I mean, he, yeah. he, he were really like, you know, I will sail my vessel until the river runs dry, like a bird yeah. upon the wind. These waters are my sky. You know, it's like, sail my vessel till the river runs dry Burn. oh yeah what are you talking about yeah you know so it was really poetic and same thing like city's looking like a ghost town on a moonless summer night very it's good it's like very a, like metaphorical a, yeah like you're reading a novel so i mean it, it it totally can be be done and maybe somebody will will do that again but um but it's that was a perfect perfect combination of yeah. storytelling with uh poetry and, and and imagery and stuff like that we haven't had a lot of that it's that seems to yeah. be that's really kind of a thing that I, i'm sad to see uh sort of die off or go away in our, in our genre maybe it's because <laughs> of my what i was saying like maybe the they think that the audience doesn't have an ear for that or something but the storytelling like that yeah you know where it's like this is this is what happened to these other people not me I love that our genre like allows for all of that stuff because I love, you know, I've been a part of things that lean way more pop country. Yeah. I would say I've got a song on the radio right now. Um, top 20, I believe Madeline Marlowe, okay. a song called it didn't. And yeah. I also was a co-writer on her last single neon love. Both of them are total pop country songs with her incredibly cool, soulful voice. Yeah. Um, but like they're super pop you know, shiny pop country songs, you know, and the young girls like love them. And, 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 it, and, and I love the way they sound too. I mean, cause Madeline is just second to none as a, as a talent. She's incredible. Actually, as I, as we speak, I've, I'm uh, proud to be a part of the road hammers, new single. Okay. Uh, it's called boys are back at it. Just found out today. They got the number one most added song across the nation, Nice, um, which makes me super happy because it's my first time having a single with the Road Hammers, and yeah. that's straight up Southern rock, country like badass, and it's like could not be more opposite. And you know, radio will play both of those things, and yeah, so there's room for all of it. Yeah, and, and it gives you like I guess a bit of dynamic too, like a feather in your kind of cap because it's like if it's two different genres and you're a part of it, like and not that you need it, but it kind of gives you validation for these acts that oh my god, like I teamed up with this guy and it's successful. Like there are times that you could team up with someone and it doesn't pan out as great, but it's nothing personal. It's just kind of like oh, I'm, I'm sad that didn't go this way, but it has to kind of give you somewhat of I guess a boost or like a positive of like oh I yeah, teamed up with this guy. We did this, and if it continues that way, you're like, well, I can always go to Jason, and we can do these things. Yeah, I, I definitely hope so because I love, yeah, yeah. I love that because I can't, I can't do all of them, and I actually really enjoy writing. I, I really truly enjoy writing with the ladies because, you know, obviously I'm a male artist. I can't say the same things that they yeah. can say. They can say a whole list of other things that guys can't say. So it's super fun to write that. Like yeah. it's re it's really really is fun to 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 help them write that and to kind of come up with different things, different melodies too. They sing in a higher register, but it, that's a lot of fun. And then on the, you know, on the road hammer stuff, 
there's a the song is uh, you should really check it out the song is i hope everybody tuning in right now checks it out it's called boys are back at it and it's super badass Pro and i got to have fun with it and write all these badass lyrics that like you know probably nobody would believe from yeah. me. it's badass and, and then at the same time i put out a new single this week called uh, when i see you and um okay. it's really different for me brand new it's all it's on apple it's on spotify and it just went out to radio this week and we did a virtual radio tour and and it's uh it's different for me but it's but it's uh it's still me um but it's definitely probably leans a little bit more to the pop country side maybe more so than i've ever done but it's still got great electric guitar riffs in it too so i feel like nice. i we struck a we struck a good balance so i hope everybody checks that out but man thanks for having me thanks for having me on your show i i, I appreciate it and i hope lots of people tune in and um yeah i'll i'll, I'll spread the word man I, i've enjoyed hanging with you i'll spread the word that's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Jason Blaine for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Sang. Thank you for listening, and good night. Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app. Do, did, Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Cryer Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, Undercurrent Podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land. Ariana Hunsicker, future Canadian Paralympic swimmer, already winning tons of awards for this country. Scott McGregor from the Hot Wallet podcast to dumb down the world of crypto, Bitcoin, and NFTs so you don't have to. And Jackie Holowaty from Climate Pledge Arena in Seattle, Washington, the first net zero carbon certified arena on the planet. Wherever you get your pods, wherever you watch your pods, and on the Cryer Media Network. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.